0: And, boom, goes the dynamite. After
1: all you put me through, you think I despise you. But in the end, I want to thank you, because you made me that much stronger. And, boom, goes the dynamite. A special edition of Boom Goes a Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show, here on the PWOm Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight, for the first time in a long time, is Chris. Chris, how are you, my man?
0: I'm alive and decided to watch Fighter Fest, so we'll talk about that as we go. Yes, but we will. Always
1: been good. Thanks. Also, also joining us, uh, returning to the program, Paul Sebastian. Paul, how's it going? That's man? me
2: hey i'm great thank you so much for having me it's great to be back jeff and it's great to be uh talking to you for the first time chris i'm really excited
0: yeah likewise i've definitely listened to the past couple of episodes and i appreciate you filling in for me and lawrence in certain occasions when neither of us have been pretty much up for this i took an AEW break for a while so thank you
2: i genuinely appreciate it thanks so um
1: So yeah, tonight is a uh, part one of a special uh, series on this, a BGTD special uh, look at Fighter Fest. Uh, But first, I just want to say, I am so glad that we got through one week without another major, major depressing controversy.
2: No, uh, although uh, while this was happening, Austin Aries put his foot directly in his mouth. Well, I, I,
1: I do want to mention that because it started. That started on Saturday with Low Key putting right. putting this same foot into his mouth, and I unexpectedly went viral.
2: That part I didn't <laughs> see. Um, I've been taking a just
1: a small break from
2: Twitter, so if you want to fill me in, I don't know what happened. I, 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 I think I, I did see the tweet though.
1: I made a tweet about how remember when Low Key tried to hold up. Uh, Try to hold up uh, Blood, you know, the first edition of Bloodsport for, for more money after he had signed all the contracts and w- refused to do the job. So then they, they went and, and upgraded to Minoru Suzuki. Uh, and, a show I
2: attended, actually.
1: Yeah, and that that tweet just took off in ways I did not expect. And uh, although I did get one, you know, pushback on. Oh, it, it's always awesome to put, you know, to uh, you know, low key knows what knows his own worth. Uh, yeah, sure he does. <laughs>
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, I think think everybody else knows knows worth, which goes down every time he fucking no-shows an event, which is about Mm -hmm. maybe a dozen a year. So tell me where it values at now.
0: Yeah, you want to know how Loki knows his worth? Uh, When he stood expressly, hey, don't wrestle in a suit in the biggest show of the year that we have. He goes ahead and does it anyway. That company was New Japan Pro Wrestling, by the way. Uh, (laughs) just, Just for those of you who think, oh, Loki knows his worth, fuck you. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so there yeah, was a lot of times like me getting back into wrestling that I was like excited to see Loki wrestle live. Like I was like well like cool, cool. I get to see Loki wrestle. He's no-showed every event he's ever been billed to be at that I've attended.
1: Yeah, do not pay it, it, it's like do not pay money to go see MF Doom
2: perform. Right.
1: Do not pay money to go watch Loki because <laughs> chances are you will not see.
2: Yeah, he's not going to be there. Yeah.
1: Uh yeah, so Austin Aries uh yeah, stuck that same foot in his mouth uh that very same which is, real, you know,
2: real dumb shit w- w- that guy is. W- w-
1: which is very unsanitary, and I hope that, uh, oh, no. at least I hope that foot was washed before, you know, being put into the mouths of both Loki and uh, and Austin I... Aries, because, you know, we, we are still in the midst of a pandemic, which, uh, you know, besides the fact that, you know, also that Kenny Omega showed himself out to be a, you know, total... Dweeb nerd on the internet once again. Well, because... Kenny Omega's
2: been a dweeb nerd since day one. So that's not news to anybody. Uh, real quick on Austin Aries, bet that foot tastes like wet pennies. Continue.
1: But uh, you know, uh, I would have I'm...
0: guessed tofu. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> probably
1: it tastes like toe jam, honestly. <laughs> but, um, but we also had to on the more serious note. Uh, I I hate to say I was right, but I was right. I I had a feeling. Of how John Moxley may have been exposed to COVID nineteen, which prompted him missing last week's Dynamite, and boy was I right. And yeah, I, it I, was I, his freaking I, wife. Am I right? And, and, and I hate being right on that because yeah, it, yeah. The 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 company in Stanford really needs to fuck off in the worst way.
2: Take my wife, please. Seriously, take her. She's got COVID. Just help her out. You know. It, well, go
0: ahead, Chris. Yeah. Just in general, uh, I hope Renee Young gets better soon. She's at an actual gift to Uh, the wrestling world that we've had over the past couple of years and, like, protect her at all costs. I agree. No, Renee Young
2: is uh, a great talent and a great broadcaster. Absolutely. Uh, But, yeah, and,
1: yeah, just... (sighs) How anybody can support that company at this point? And I know, yes, we're on an AEW show, and, yes, we... We Chris and I do a New Japan show, too. How anyone can support that company at, at this point in the game in 2020 is absolutely beyond me.
2: Yeah, I don't see it. Uh, I don't see a path forward. And I have I have some, uh, some criticisms of the way AEW is uh, handling all this stuff, too. I think that they could be doing better. But, oh, we agree. Uh, uh,
1: at, <laughs> Trust its, me, we but agree. At, but
2: on its face, that you know, they they are doing things at least like to a level that I think is acceptable. I think they could be going above and beyond, but I would consider their response and what they're doing acceptable.
1: I mean, I, I, at the very least, they're not denying that it's happening, which is no, what no. That company and, is doing.
2: <laughs> and like, despite testing John Moxley and despite everything coming out clean, they're still using an abundance of caution and pushing the title match back, which is the right thing to do. Um, I would like to see more mask enforcement in the crowd, if only to lead by example to the public, Um, even as a symbolic gesture. I -hmm. mean, put masks on your commentators, whatever you got to do, make it at least when they're on camera. I don't know.
0: It's a situation where I know that they're getting tested and everybody, I'm assuming, gets cleared long before they get all the Absolutely. seating setups and the like. But yeah, I mean, and you can have fun with some of these masks. I mean, you see all these different shops that are selling all of these like, variations of stuff. Like Nyla Rose was rocking a Hayabusa one a couple of days ago on uh, Twitter Twitterland that she... And who uh, doesn't want
2: to look as cool as Nyla Rose? Like uh, who says no? I to actually look got cool that like specific
0: mask because I'm like, it's a Hayabusa mask. I might as well just wear it in public when yeah, I have to go out. so yeah, I why do not?
1: I do need to grab me one of those. And, 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 those and, and the Pentagon one too, for that matter. Oh, yes. ones are cool. yeah, yeah. But so um, I've been
2: looking for like a good classic like Lucha Libre style mask. I think that'd be fun. There's been there's some companies out there making some cool stuff.
1: But uh, you know, regardless, I mean just just on the fact that they're not that they're not denying that the pandemic is happening already Yeah. Se- that's, already set yeah. them way above, you know, WWE's level. God, they you know, they're just disgusting. I, I don't know they're why. Really, I mean, yeah,
2: it's bad company. I,
1: I, I don't know why we are so beholden to them at this point.
2: You know? I don't think we are. That's the thing is I don't think we are like, I, we're, I think we're pretty apparently not, um, you know, they still have the power in wrestling as they do, but I don't think they really have the pull with fans anymore. Like they have their base. And their base is shorn up and they have kids. And they'll always have kids because kids keep coming up and they're fans of wrestling and parents need shit for their kids to do or to watch or whatever. So they'll always have that, you know. Uh, they'll have their diehards. They'll have, you know, their their old group of fans. But as far as bringing in new wrestling fans, uh, the product we're watching and we're about to talk about does more of that. And we're going to talk about why, I think. I think a lot of these matches are the kind of matches you can show to your friends who aren't wrestling fans. You know what I mean?
1: uh yeah to a certain extent i mean there's still a lot of inside baseball that gets talked especially by excalibur
2: but oh yeah and, you I, know. Well, and, the, and the four-man booth tonight i think had a, di- a really interesting blend of stuff and i want to talk about the commentary a lot because it was a highlight of the evening, oh yeah
1: well, well let's get into the show other than that you know what just fuck vince mcmahon fuck kevin dunn. yeah fuck vince mcmahon indeed it, and fuck kevin dunn absolutely fuck kevin dunn and mm-hmm. but you know renee get well moxley stay safe and, uh, and ideally,
0: we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. we'll see
1: you Same in two thanks. weeks. Inshallah. On that note, this is night one of Fighter Fest, which uh, initially started as a uh, as a New Japan event.
2: Is that C- what it's going to C- be? I, I, I C- heard something about Tony Khan wanted it to be in London. Uh, was, well, was ha- hang out.
1: well, hang on. Well, hang uh, on. Oh. So the, the the initial the initial event was actually uh, down in Daytona. On uh, during uh, the CEO Fighting Game Championships, uh, Kenny Omega was a guest in the 2018 one, so it became uh, half of a New Japan show. Uh, I was actually at that show. And... Oh, you're talking about
2: the W there the CEO AEW crossover show pre Fighter Fest?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that was Fighter Fest last year.
2: Okay, that's how they did it. Yeah, yeah so is... the CEO. Yeah. There yeah, was that a CEO show that like before AEW right where they like mm-hmm. wrestled at it or something. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. that right. was last, that was last year's setup for it. But then 2018 was the precursor to all of that with CEO and New Japan having a little bit of a team up where they did like a four match card. There was a lot of controversy with that and the fact that they rented the ring for that event in 2018 from Jason Rance, a.k.a. Right. a very known sex best, well, sex best, that yes. was not researched accordingly by Kenny Omega, and that was about really the first time that he really started catching, like, Flackford being dumb on the internet. Well,
1: plus the racism he pulled, you know, immediately before that, when he won the title and <laughs> called every Japanese wrestler lazy.
0: But, um... But we no, not supposed but, to talk about that. Not here. Not uh, here. You didn't know. This broke. is an AEW podcast, after all. I,
2: I, I'll talk about. I don't give a fuck. I know we're, we're not. Know. We're not sponsored.
0: <laughs> no, if we're going to talk but, about,
2: if we want to talk about, uh, about racism on this podcast, we can just talk about one of the comments JR made today. So oh, we will. Hard. Oh, we will. Trust <laughs> me.
0: Touching on that, yeah. Oh, you, not, we will. Because, believe me. Oh, uh,
2: I knew what was coming when I got came on this podcast tonight. I can't wait. <laughs> but
1: also, um, it, that that show also took heat because it started an hour and a half late. Right. Do. So okay, yeah,
2: all this is coming back to me as you tell me yeah. like, you know, again, so, I say this a lot. my brain is just wrestling soup. So you have to like tell me about stuff and yeah. then I go, "Oh, yeah, that that's a thing that happened."
1: So yeah. So then um so yeah, the the initial New Japan one uh was started an hour and a half late, and then also Tetsuya Naito took a hellified neck bump which was an eerie premonition of what was going to happen the next week when Hiromu Takahashi took his hellified neck bump. Oof. Yeah. But um anyway, so in the 2019 edition was um, also part of the CEO Fighting Game Championships, and that was Fighter Fe- the first Fighter Fest. Uh, that was actually more of an eye-pay-per-view. And then this year's was supposed to be in the UK, but obviously everything else going on, they, they couldn't d- make that happen. Some
2: circumstances, I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we'll just take the WWE route and just say, uh, circumstances have led to a, a card being subject to change uh in in these changing times
1: <laughs> or or something that's our state so yeah. <laughs> so with that we go live to night one of aew fighter fest live from daly's place in jacksonville florida your hosts: jim ross tony Schiavone, excalibur and and Chris jericho
2: <laughs> happy fucking canada day <laughs> that's all i can say is happy canada
0: day to you all Chris Jericho with uh, the best Don Cherry cosplay that I've ever seen oh. since. Well, Don Cherry.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I, I, it's, I'd much rather see someone in a Don Cherry cosplay than actually Don Cherry. So that's good news. <laughs>
0: oh. Here, here. Oh, boy.
2: <laughs> we, we are going places already. I'm from Detroit. Eat shit, Don Cherry.
1: Damn. <laughs> <laughs> going Oh, wing.
0: great. Oh, oh, oh wing. great. What? I, of, all, of, all, of all the podcast hosts that you had to have, Jeff, you had to bring a Red Wings fan into the That's fold. That's right. My That's God. right.
2: Look, we're a, the Yankees of hockey, and you'll never stop us. Look, I'm a Penguins fan. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, man. This is a whole different podcast now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to start shooting now, brother. Oh, yeah. Well, wait, 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 wait till Chris reveals who he's a fan of.
0: Oh, Actually, yeah. I'm an Avs fan.
2: The Penguins actually caused me to violate probation once. So, yeah. I'm forever- yeah, they beat the Red Wings in a Stanley Cup series. I had a couple of drinks and I had to go take the breathalyzer thingy the next morning.
0: Uh, oh, I mean, you beat yeah. them the year before, so you know it was will- kind of a tic tac toe sort of thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, like it's just a great way for me to avoid saying I brought it on myself by just. Yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, sure. Mario, yeah, Mario Lemieux, the 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 reason for all
2: your your. Well, I would say more Sidney Crosby. Yeah, probably
0: more Sidney Crosby. But let's go with there. So, so anyways, <laughs> before we wrap up NHL uh, and during the quarantine talks, uh, <laughs> Paul, how does it feel to, you know, have the highest odds for a number one overall pick and be dropped to number four? It's not like we don't know that feeling or anything twice.
2: Nah, yeah. it's See, so what's cool is being a Detroit sports fan is I'm used to disappointment. Uh, yes. I've been disappointed by all my other franchises. Basically constantly for damn near my entire life. So when the Red Wings follow suit there and just have a couple of down years, we've been prepared for this. We were always there. But Steve Eiserman's here. The Our practice, Messiah is yeah. there. He is working tirelessly to bring us back where we belong. And I have faith. I believe. And I trust the process.
0: Just hope that process doesn't result in a Tampa Bay-like team that gets swept by Columbus uh, like they did last year. So
2: Look, You know what? That might, that might <laughs> happen for a year. Might happen for two even. Well, we you know, we believe in the long term. Uh, uh, we were on the on the, the right end of it being a twenty five year dynasty, and we could be back there again. It just takes patience and heart and determination. And just a bunch of really, really good Swedish guys, just like a, all the really good Swedish <laughs>
1: Look, guys. Just, like just all of them. Just quit killing octopi, okay? Just quit quick killing the octopuses. They were already dead. You just go to the store and buy them. Can we get back to talking about wrestling now.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Our first match of the evening, uh, right out the gate, uh, MJF and Wardlow uh, versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. MJF, what in the hell was he wearing?
2: <laughs> uh, I, mean, I
1: thought he looked cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean at least he 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 leaned in with the pink gear too but uh yeah, when, like, when even Jer- the pink trunks were good. When, when even Jericho the, the 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 heel was actively burying when mjf was that robe that he was wearing
2: well we should probably talk about a little bit about Chris Jericho's state of mind throughout this uh episode if we're going to talk about Chris Jericho's commentary very obviously uh at the beginning of this show Chris Jericho was still feeling that fresh buzz off of his fourth vodka and tonic so like he was uh, he was a little spicy at the beginning of this one. He was he was well, bringing the heat at the top of the show.
0: Cuz Jericho is 80% vodka at this point in time in his career, so it's part of the course.
2: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. Bless him. But you know but
1: you know what that that, that MJF promo kept going on and on. He you know he, he mentions, you know, go, go go spend some of your your inheritance money. Which Jesus fuck, dude. <laughs> really? And then you know, but we're we're in a ratings war. <laughs> like holy shit, that that would not be the best diss on the competition tonight, and we'll get into that later. But um, but then uh, you know, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus come out. They don't even wait. They just go right to it, and we have ourselves a good old fashioned Southern
2: Tag Match. Absolutely. Yes, I think, man, uh, I think Big E ruled. had some thoughts on, on these types of matches. I feel like Big E famously talked about uh, uh, large, meaty men slapping meat, I believe, is what we were talking about there. And uh, we got some of that. We got some big, meaty men slapping meat. Yeah, but we
1: also had Jungle Boy uh, perfect as the face in peril. Mm-hmm. Yes. For a lot of this match. And it just this match just fucking clicked. I mean I, I we, we, we tend to diss MJF on this program but his feud with um Jungle Boy is actually getting me interested in him.
2: You know, I well I I'm a little I've a big supporter of MJF uh since day one. I really like the guy. I've always thought he's been very very good. Um I think there's probably like a little bit of peak and valley in this AEW run so far. Um but yeah, I think giving him like a real rival and like a, a compelling story to sink into is bringing out the other sides of his personality, besides just like dipshit heel. Uh, Chris, what do you think?
0: Uh, for me, in particular, uh, I think we were talking about this earlier, but it definitely followed that sort of southern, uh, you know, tag team wrestling formula of hey, isolate the face in peril, beat him up for a couple minutes, build up to that big tag, and then just. Let stuff go haywire and everybody delivered in their roles for it in this one. You continue to see, obviously, a little bit of dissent on the MJ Doofus campus uh, with the ending sequence there. Wardlow continues to impress with each and every time that we see him. Uh, More of that as time goes along. And hey, good on Luchasaurus picking up a big win here as well for his team too, because that's another guy with a lot of promise. Oh yeah,
1: I, I I do want to point out some particular lines from Jericho, especially when he kept comparing, um, you know, uh, Luchasaurus to Godzilla, and then he he, he yes. tags it with, "Why? Do you, because he likes Japanese movies." What do you think I'm calling him?
2: <laughs> yeah, that was very good. That was, awesome. that was very good. And
1: then he and then he and then he flips to Godzilla to Mothra. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah, and then it's Excalibur like tries to correct him on top of it too, and then he immediately goes, Well, I like Mothra better.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and of course he goes with, And it's a great Anvil song too. Happy Canada Day! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Mothra is? Or Godzilla? Said said Mothra's a good Anvil song. That was Jericho's uh, reasoning behind him liking Mothra better.
1: Mothra's a, also, a, I'll have to look that one up. This, this <laughs> may not be the first time that Jericho fucked somebody up because I know that.
0: No, it actually is a correct, it is a correct reference for once on this one.
1: Okay, well, because Mothra... Anvil
0: does have a song named Mothra, yep.
1: Well, so so does Godflesh. So that's why I was, I was curious about uh, that. I gotcha,
0: mm mm-hmm.
2: So. Yeah, no, Jer- Jericho start off and, you know, this is a four-man booth, and I think I've talked about four-man booths on this podcast, and I want to say I've never been a supporter of it. Two is good, three is usually too much but can be fine, and four is always too many. They made four work. They made four work throughout the night.
1: So, I I, I guess I'm just more familiar with Godflesh than than Anvil, it seems. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I've never seen Anvil, the story of Anvil, so I can't, uh, can't comment.
1: Yeah, so, uh, anyway, uh... I love the ending. Uh, MJF tries to uh, hit jungle Boy with the with the ring. Um, jungle Boy ducks. MJF stops himself and then Jungle Boy pushes him into Wardlow
0: and,
2: and right as he's uh, I like this little part of it. he stops and right as he's like stop he doesn't say, "Oh, I'm sorry or "Oh, that was close or anything. He looks at Wardlow and goes, "Can't you do anything right?" And then he gets pushed into him yes. and hits. Him. The last thing he did was insult Wardlow, too, which gives it a little bit of that extra, like, he wasn't even trying to help. He was still pissed at him.
1: Yeah, there was, there was a, uh, yeah, there was a, uh, yeah, there, there's definitely an angle building here, so.
2: Yeah, this, the, the storytelling there was really good, and they kind of, uh, yeah, advanced that along just enough. And they're not going to split them up yet, and it won't be next week. And, it, you know, they're playing it really slow, which is the right thing to do. When it happens, it's going to be great, huge face opportunity for Wardlow. Uh to get just—I mean, it, of course, you want to have a crowd in front of that, but it's gonna to have to live with the facts. We're not gonna get a big crowd pop from it, but the moment they do, it, it'll be the right time. I think a pay-per-view is probably when you do that.
1: Right, right. But yeah, I—I I thought this match was fantastic, though.
0: Very good. Yeah, great opener. Great opener. Great opener. Hot start.
1: Uh, we go to commercial break. We come back and we get an ad for a a a an aew puppy battle royale. They're they're doing their own version of puppy bowl. What?
2: <laughs> it's weird, but I like puppies, so you know, go ahead. Yeah,
0: uh, I I like dogs as well, so uh, okay, you, yeah, I'm intrigued. Okay. Twelve out of ten, heckin' good. Yep.
1: <laughs> you go to hell. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you invited me.
1: <laughs> uh, we, we we go back to the we go back to Deli's place, and uh, Lance Archer and Joy Janela are getting into it. And right. uh, yeah, okay, well, good. Well, well he's it.
2: trying to break it up. Even Jake's like, Hey, uh, and I like what they're doing here. At first, I wasn't sure what the deal was with this like Jake the snake having apprehension or like telling Lance Archer to stop or whatever. And I'm like, Well, Jake's supposed to be like despicable, like what the hell? It's kind of takes away from what Jake's doing, but now they're kind of showing like, Oh, well, this guy's even too hardcore for Jake, like whoa, yeah, and I kind of like that.
1: So, yeah, we we got yeah, yeah, that that that's going to be an interesting uh going to be an interesting uh angle to, to follow. Uh we then get a recap of Hikaru Shida versus Pen- Penelope Ford leading into our second match of the evening for the AEW Women's World Championship. Uh Hikaru Shida defending against Penelope Ford. Um Paul, I think this is where we have the comment from JR that you're talking about, right?
2: (laughs) Oh, this is where we have the comment from JR that I was talking about, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Why do you play it on us? Well, Penelope walks out. She has her super bad girl music. They talk about Penelope. She's good, blah, blah, blah. And they're playing the music. Hey, cool, Penelope. Everyone, they're having a nice time. Looks like it's going to be fine. She does music starts, it starts playing, and out of nowhere, unprompted, just no context. JR goes, well, this is the Asian version. Yeah. What?
1: Yeah. What? Thankfully, what? Jericho... What's up, dude? Yeah. Well, again, um, I, I, I I remember JR calling great Muda matches. And uh, yeah, those didn't usually go well either.
2: This guy did New Japan for like two years. And
1: yeah, and he was... We uh...
0: hated every second of it. Well, <laughs> we hated no, every no, don't, don't
1: be disingenuous. He was fine on the taped versions. (laughs) Uh, On the the, the pre-taped version, you know, overdubs of World Pro Wrestling, he was okay. On the live shows, he absolutely fucking sucked.
2: Yeah, the live shows were just him taking naps next to Josh Barnett.
0: Yeah, and the live shows really, in terms of it, okay, I'll agree with that. I'll agree. I was being disingenuous, but in terms of the live shows, arguably his greatest contribution to all of that was giving Jay White, like, 10 times the amount of heat after a certain sequence in San Francisco that one time during the uh, IWGP was heavyweight. Yeah, was that was oh like,
2: my Like Josh God. Barnett is like one of the, like the biggest babies and like most gotten to people ever. And like, well, him being the one to like, well, go y- y'all done it. fucked so up funny. now. Oh, it was so funny.
1: Yeah. I'll never forget that one. That actually helped make. Yeah. I match. mean, what well, the
2: best part is like the real winner there was Jay White. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it, it helped make that match. But anyway, um, Thankfully, uh, here comes Chris Jericho to actually rescue this by saying, by actually putting Hikaru Shida over. You know, she, she looks like a, she's amazing. Yeah, she looks like a, a she looks like a fighter. She looks like a champion. It was like holy shit. Yeah,
2: Jer- I mean Jericho, despite uh, uh, his possible substance abuse throughout this show, was very good on commentary. He was great. He hit his notes. He, he made a lot of really good comments. He was funny, but his his analysis was good, and he put over people he needed to put over.
1: Yeah, it's just amazing how he was putting he, he's putting baby faces over and, and burying the heels at times. too. Well, I
2: think that this is something that they're good at with commentary is they are really not into the traditional face heel roles. And I talk about this on Tuesdays on my Twitch series Into Darkness, where we, we uh, check out uh, AEW Dark. Taz and Excalibur, uh, I are there that's my favorite commentary duo and commentary grouping that AEW has. Personally, I think they're great together. They're just a lot of fun. Uh, they're genuine. But they just like wrestling. They give you know pretty honest look at what they're talking about. They use some insider terms or whatever. Uh, That they yeah the traditional babyface heel thing isn't there for them. Uh, But you know it comes in when necessary. I think they do it right. So uh, Chris, the match.
0: Yeah, the match itself uh, probably one of the best efforts we've seen out of Penelope Ford altogether. And I think working with somebody as experienced as Sheeta helped her immensely. They just. Hit their timing and a lot of the things that they were doing. A lot of fun sequences throughout the match as well, to Reversals upon reversals. Some really cool swells that were well done for both women. Where Penelope looked like she could have had it all uh, wrapped up as well, too. Uh, Kip Sabian getting punched in the face will never get old for me. So Literally that was also never. a nice bonus. <laughs> <laughs> so... No, I thought it uh, was fantastic, and then the finishing sequence there with Falconero, the full- close fall, and then Sheeta finishing it off with the shining wizard. So fantastic!
1: Yeah, I thought that it was great how aggressive it started too, just like <laughs> the 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 need of the face, you know, to to start it, and then yeah, it just, they it really just,
2: like because last I, week was like a squat, like they. The Yoshida had a squash last week, right? So, yeah. they, with that same fashion. So yeah. if they really made you think like, oh shit, are they really going to do this? And then they broke it into the, into the match. And it just really heightened that adrenaline for that yeah. quick moment to start it off.
0: And I do like the fact too that even in commentary, they were uh, putting over the fact that when Shida wrestles with aggression, she's usually at her best. And they mentioned like the Nyla match is like the key example of that where she won the title. So um. Also, I am here for in an any pre-packages. Uh for matches like this, where Sheeta is just casually flexing on people. Like on this one, she was saying, you know, I've helped four singles titles at one point or another at the same time, and I know like the hardest part is defending them. Just like prior to that, on the one with Nyla, she just casually flexed, off, like, I beat Aja Kong that one time. Uh, so I can beat <laughs> right. Rowe. So I'm kind of just like, I'm here for Sheeta just casually flexing on, on people. The, on mean, the Sheeta
2: just... casually flexing note, like, uh, so before Fighter Fest, uh, uh, I was uh, streaming, doing a little preview stream, you know, talking about it and stuff. With my chat and we were watching some of shida's youtube videos i don't know if you've ever been to Sheeta's youtube channel uh but it's great it's just very wholesome lifestyle vlogging type content uh but she had a video from the day after she won the aew women's title where she just sat on her couch with the belt next to her played some like japanese rock music and just ate a bunch of her favorite snacks on camera just staring deadpan into the camera for just minutes my God. and you tell me that's not a just wearing her own t-shirt tell me that's not a humongous flex like
1: just flexing so hard, my God! <laughs> that, that is actually awesome. I, I, yeah, I, I it's love that. Really awesome. Phenomenal. Uh, Hikaru Shida does, of course, retain against Penelope Ford. As mentioned, two Falcon arrows and a Shining Wizard, oh. uh, having to the
2: kick out Penelope, kicking out of that Falcon arrow really threw me. I was like, "Oh, I did not expect that."
1: Yeah, almost bit bit on. Oh hell! Could could Penelope actually win this? But it, it was not to be. Mm-hmm. Um. After that, we get another technique by Taz, uh, focusing on John Moxley. Huh? I wonder why he's talking about him. Uh,
2: <laughs> this was a fun little uh, uh, video. <laughs>
1: it, it was because he 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 transitioned into burying Moxley against uh, against Brian Cage. So yeah, that, that so it's was like it's
2: like a sports science type analysis thing where he's like, "Yeah, uh, uh, Moxley does this double underhook DDT, and the key of it is how hard he gets the hooks in on those guy's shoulders." <laughs> One of my favorite things said in the entire night uh, when Taz says, the problem with doing that to Brian Cage is his ab- absurd thickness around his shoulders.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the uh, most uh, accurate
2: way you can describe it.
1: <clears throat> yeah, without uh, without getting too far into uh, personal habits of anything. but uh, yes. So
2: uh, talking about like, Melissa Santos tweeting territory? Or? <laughs> uh, yeah, moving on. They're a good couple. That's wholesome. It's nice to see them, you know, sticking up for each other.
1: Moving on, our third match of the evening for the terrible neck tattoo championship, the allegedly still unfinished TNT championship belt. Yeah, I would call bullshit on that at this point because okay,
2: the belt was definitely finished, and it was just they were like, "Oh, this is dog shit. We have to change it."
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, because they got yeah, because they got. Buried for. <laughs> Although I will
2: say this, if you look like at the main plate, so I totally believe that too. What gives me doubt today, when I looked at the main plate, the AEW logo on top, like at the top of part of it, has such little detail, like it really, I doesn't seem like they would make that a finished product. So maybe they are. Maybe that is true. I don't know.
1: I don't know, Chris. What do you think?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you uh, think about AEW TNT belt conspiracy time? <laughs>
0: I just think it's a situation where they rushed a belt far too quickly under the current world circumstances and that in maybe another six months when if things ideally ease up we'll probably see an upgraded version of it but until like, then what's the deal they this can't is what we have like, I don't understand what
2: the whole like I, what's the holdup in getting this thing made like I really don't know either like you think I, they I, have somebody I in would the process that would be able to work on something like that like yeah it's the one it's Dave Milliken makes their belts right like why can't Dave Milliken make a belt Yeah, uh, maybe he can't get materials That's that was my only question is like can they not get like seven pounds of gold is that like what the deal is mm-hmm or silver, yeah, or, what, like, or whatever yeah, that it is, yeah. Yeah, it just
0: makes me curious, but for the time being, it just looks like a red and silvery kind of, eh, thing. Yeah, Definitely. not a good belt. <laughs> <Unfortunately>. <laughs> and
2: it's it's unfortunate, and because like, the, their, their other belts are pretty good. Like, I like the tag belts a lot. Oh, the tag
1: belts look great. Actually, I, I like their, their main title, too. And main no, belt's nice, yeah. Women's the titles women's title. cool.
2: looks pretty good yeah, too. It's a hey, little, go. The women's title is a little small, but I understand why they do that. They don't want to have one of those big belts that like looks huge on their smaller wrestlers. Yeah, no, I,
0: I get I definitely get that as well. In which it's why the TNT t- title trolls me off the way it is with the red strap and the silvery, and just sort of like the lack of detail compared to you know the immense amount of detail that went into the d- belts prior to that. So yeah. Yeah, I really I, just want to see an upgraded version of this sometime down the line. Like They owe that much, I think, to everybody at this yeah. point.
2: They owe it to themselves, man. Cody doesn't want to carry on that dog shit belt. He's trying to build like legacy or whatever, man. <laughs> Do you want that to be your belt, legacy? And like, all, Dusty's it, belt was the NWA belt that looks cool as hell. And on that but, note... But
0: then, again, but then again, the expectation versus reality when it comes to Dusty Rhodes and Cody Rhodes, that belt fits him about right at this point.
2: Right. Well, Yeah. Okay. So let's let's get into Cody and Hager. I know I think this is the one where we're going to have diverging opinions. So I'm excited. Okay, yeah. I thought this match was dog shit. <laughs> okay, see, I so yeah, I definitely disagree. I liked it. I liked it. Okay, Chris?
0: Uh, I just wasn't really into it at all, unfortunately. But then again, that's me with most Cody matches, and I can admit to that bias right off the bat there, so yeah, Paul, let well, hey, 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 well, take it away on well, that. Plus,
1: right? and, yeah, and sure. and plus, it was Chud Jake Hager, so uh, yeah, Paul, 2-1,
2: uh, you lose. You're wrong. Sorry. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like Jake Hager. I mean, who fucking likes the guy? He sucks. But... Code, and I can understand Cody's like lack of appeal for for certain people. He he works a very specific type of match, and especially these title matches, right? It's it's one kind of match. You kind of know what to expect out of that match. You have to like that kind of wrestling, I guess. And I like the the focus on chain wrestling. I like the back and forth. I like the reversals. Um, I like that it felt personal and it felt like a fight. Like the, Cody matches are not about the moves. They're not about the uh, a lot of the in-ring action or the work rate or the pacing or any of that stuff. They're about emotions. They're about the emotions you feel when different things happen in, in, in the match, when, you know... Uh, 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 and not just a spot, but like a, a moment when the momentum changes, when things shift. Uh, the emotions you feel when you feel nostalgic about the different types of moves they're doing. They make callback to old Memphis wrestling or Georgia wrestling. They're like about that kind of thing. And if you draw enjoyment from that, like where I do, I think it's really good. I don't like Hager that much, but he served his purpose. A uh, big, strong guy who's like good at amateur wrestling to be a foil for Cody to beat. Cody beats him, and we all get out of there. And it ends up with a little dust up and some animosity, which I like.
1: Okay, uh... But here, here, here's the problem. Number one, Hager was blown up within, you know,
2: two minutes, which... You oh, know, yeah, he looked like the- shit, and he was way out of shape. That's okay. not that's not up for debate. Like, he, but, he took a couple things. And again, it, the moves and stuff, I won't say it was, like, a great work rate match or anything like that. I just... I, I like that specific type of match and can find some fun in it. I'm not going to, like, write home or tell everybody that's the shit you need to see, but it's fine.
0: Okay, but... I can, h- yeah, I... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I, I I can see where Paul's coming from on that, but I do think that that particular kind of style that Cody works does need somebody that specifically can keep up with it. Like, for oh, example, the match with Ricky Starks was a perfect example of somebody that go. was able to keep up with it, like a move to move type of thing. And with Hager, unfortunately, he is nowadays primarily an MMA fighter who trains for MMA matches. chudness aside his stamina is not going to be anywhere near the what you'd need for an actual, like, 10, 15-minute wrestling match. Like, yeah, right, I, I think well, yeah, as soon as, one as, as possible. One of the best
2: examples anyway. of Cody, like, doing this type of match is his match with Nick Aldis, and Nick Aldis in tremendous freaking shape, and that was one of the big parts of it. That match, neither of those guys blew up, and they were able to really keep up that pace for, what, that was, like, a 24-minute match, I think? That was, like, a if long time. we're talking, about all,
0: are we all talking about all in, all yeah, in. I was there yeah. live, and yes, yes, it was. Okay. It was not only one of the... Sorry, go ahead,
1: Jeff. Well, I, I just wanted to throw in before I before I forget my point here is that we were talking about yeah he, he needs to be matched up against somebody that that fits us that will work with us style like Ricky Starks, Mark Quinn, Jungle Boy. Those matches were just fine, but when you're trying to do these, but I mean here's where it fell down with MJF and and Lance Archer and Jake Hager too, is that you know they're trying to make it as if you know Cody's again some big underdog in this fight. And the the emotions he's trying to to produce, much like, and this is a, a criticism that we have had in the past about the rest of the elite uh, with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, is that the the emotions are not genuine; they're manufactured
2: emotions. You think so? That's that's an interesting take. I think Cody. Is like an incredibly emotional guy. Like, I think he's like one of those guys that would like cry in like a heated conversation just because. Like, I, 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 he does strike me as like a very emotional person.
1: Right, but okay, but we're talking about as a person. I'm talking about in their performance. There's nothing natural about the emotions that they're trying to produce. Hmm, you know what I'm saying? That's an interesting. I, I, that's an I, interesting I, I, criticism. Well, Chris, I mean, Chris has heard me say this before too. You know, yeah,
0: I have. To to me in particular, is just the fact that. On a personal scale, I think Cody is just somewhat of a phony human being, so it comes off to me in that manner. But otherwise, I think the problem in the situation too is that, as an EVP, Cody very much feels like a guy that has, early to mid two thousands Triple H levels of work rate, and you can interpret that as you will, considering the reign specifically. Are you talking talking about about.
2: like work ring work rate bell to bell, or like amount of matches he wrestles?
0: Like, in terms of just, like, the sort of prolonged style of trying to go for these 20 to 30, like, classics with whoever, even if the opponent just cannot keep up in any way, shape, or form, uh, with the sort of, like, influence that current-day Triple H has with a certain uh, sphere of fans, if you will, so as to, like, try to get people to buy into it, and even though the matches themselves may not deliver that makes any sense
2: no it does make sense absolutely no and all that stuff's fair like i know that like for some of this stuff like i'm in the minority of just because like i'm a rube who like tries to find like the good (laughs) stuff in every kind of wrestling Look, you're better than
0: most people uh, in that regard, for sure. Here's the thing
2: about, like, I don't want to get into, like, a huge tirade on it, but, like, if you're watching wrestling just to not like stuff, like, maybe you should be watching something else. You know what I mean? Well,
1: no, we'll we'll 100% (laughs) agree with that. I mean, Oh, yeah, I know (laughs) you guys
2: will, but I'm just, like, that's just that large. Like, you need to find, like, the the good stuff in it. If you're just going to not like it, then maybe you just don't like wrestling. You know what I
1: mean? (laughs) No, I mean, it's fine. Anyway, Cody retains, I didn't like this match. I, I thought the I thought the finish was weak. I think Arn Anderson is being completely wasted in this role. Well, I much think in, he much was used way. very
2: effectively as a, a cannon fodder for Jericho's insults.
1: Well, yeah, I mean the Wilford Brimley comment was was, was <laughs> oh, too top, but oh good. And uh, one of
2: Jr's good moments is when he just he waits he waits like ten minutes and then goes, "Did you call him Wilford Brimley?"
1: <laughs> but uh, it's the same thing. Tully Blanchard is utterly wasted too. I think Tully,
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's Sean Spears is Sean Spears. Whatever.
1: So. <laughs> Moving on, we get a uh, a promo of Darby Allin skateboarding, and somebody sets, oh, hell yeah. on, somebody sets themselves on fire in skateboards. Like, this is, you know, CZW or something.
2: <laughs> this is the coolest shit, man. I wait, like Darby doesn't even need to wrestle. Just have him keep sending these things in, man. Um,
0: I'm just going to say this again because the marketing opportunity is there and AW can, you know, thank Boom Goes the Dynamite accordingly for it if that somehow gets back <laughs> to them. Get Darby <laughs> Allen in the remaster for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, even if it's as a DL- DLC character like a month after release. Like, yeah, I don't see who says that no to that. Get that promotion done. Tony Hawk already knows him. It was in a promo with him. For and nonsense. I
2: feel like Kenny Omega's got the video game clout to make the right phone calls to people. Yeah, like, they have to, the the, the infrastructure is in place for them to make this happen. It has to be oh yeah totally i would think that there's already like somebody's had to pick up a phone somewhere like someone sent a text message or an email yeah, and,
1: definitely. With, and with that we come back from commercial wait
2: we didn't even talk about the backflip off the 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 railing onto a skateboard and then into a into happy the
0: yeah
1: okay that was that was <laughs> you're right that was cool <laughs> what
2: that was kind of wild so cool. that was kind of i wild. just want I just want to point out how cool it was cuz when it happened I was just like it was like one of those like audible I said something to my TV even though I'm alone moments. That
0: that that's an easy that's an easy special move for that re, remaster game by the way Activation. There it is. There there you go. Go. Yeah, just, triple there it score is.
1: combo. Yep. There you go. Yeah, we're, we're, we're making the DLC happen right now.
2: <laughs> okay, if you could have Darby Allen walk out to one Tony Hawk's Pro Skater song what would it be?
0: I almost want to say Superman just for the chicanery of it. yeah, yeah. My first thought
2: was Guerrilla Radio.
1: That
0: also would be a good one, yeah. Uh, The
1: the, the, the only song I can think of from Tony Hawk Pro Skater off the top of my head was Police Truck by the Dead Kennedys, so I guess I'm going to have to answer that one.
2: That'd be good, too. I'm into it. Uh, At this,
1: uh, we are joined on commentary by Orange Cassidy, and Jericho loses his goddamn mind.
2: He's like uh, on the verge of tears the entire time. It's so good.
1: I am like water. I am Zen. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're like vodka. No, you're like
2: vodka, Chris. I am we, like we water. Got I
0: lost my yeah. shit. Indeed. Oh, also, quick addendum. Uh, not Superman, but uh, Dead Kennedy's police truck. There we go. For Darby. There we go. And it yeah. was okay. Back to, back, back to Jericho, Nez. Uh, losing his actual shit at Orange Cassidy. Playing mind games with him?
2: Wow! Oh, wow! Or, or, or... Jericho
0: was portraying
2: that he was gotten to. He was being mind gamed. You know, yeah. I think that's. I Jericho... think him doing that and being willing to be vulnerable in that way as a heel is really good for his character.
1: Do, do you remember the last time that Jericho really got mind gamed, Chris?
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh
1: huh. Yeah. The, the, Phenomenal the, content. The, the the build up to Wrestle Kingdom thirteen with Naito. Oh, the Nito
2: stuff's Naito. incredible. When Naito. he loses his mind over Nito is just
1: someone under yeah. his skin so badly. The
2: the video he makes in Florida with a turtle when he says, "I'm not tranquilo, I'm fucking crazy." Yep. <laughs> it's one <laughs> of the, it's, I, it's so good. I'll never forget it. But then the but then the <laughs> Yeah. And he's just screaming getting dragged out of the car breaking tables. Ah.
1: Oh, it's yeah. great. And then the, the and then the press conference when when he, he just gets under Jericho's skin so bad and then <laughs> Nioh just spits water at him and tranquilo, said It's, just, I
0: it's one of those too. things where Jericho proving himself to be this superly, like, over-the-top character, it's the the low-key characters, I think, are very much a great antithesis to that and it's the reason i think this is word i think even much better than possibly even aw was expecting with orange cassidy because it's just two completely radically different personalities here and right. well it's the
1: same thing with uh sugar dunkerton you know because he keeps going to the bible Pete. I hate that guy
0: you know, yeah, I mean, constantly. I think
2: Chris, Chris Jericho's understanding of comedy in this way uh, really, really serves these narratives with these type of wrestlers, right? Like, he, he gets comedy, he's done comedy before, you know, he's acted, he has a kind of a background there. And so he kind of understands, like, what those characters are going for and knows how to, like, be foils to them in a way some other wrestlers don't.
1: All right, let's get to the match. Uh, the match in question. Uh, Private Party, uh, Isaiah oh yeah. and Mark Quinn versus uh, Santana and Ortiz. I think both these teams have new themes now
2: uh the new theme i don't know how long uh proud and powerful has been using that one they've had it for at least a couple of months i think yeah private yeah. party just started using this one i think maybe last week or something like that well, really, well, i well, yeah, well, well, only well, heard because, it once before
1: well that's because both of their original themes were uh dog shit
2: so bad really bad <laughs> mm-hmm. really bad yeah uh um, they big changes there also um something you guys might see i don't know if you uh no one asked me if i watched aw dark this week, so. I'll just answer and say I did. And Scorpio Sky has new music.
1: Oh, is that right? No. Oh, yeah. I and, guess, uh, yeah, you're right, I, I, yeah, I did forget to. We did forget to ask. So.
2: But to answer your question, you didn't ask. Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, uh, awesome. Scorpio Scorp has new music, and it's good. Uh, this match, we've seen it about a thousand
1: times in, in, uh, in House of Glory and other New York indies. But you know what? This was still pretty
2: good. I about thought. a thousand and one? Because this shit bangs. I love this kind of wrestling right here. Uh, yeah. Just uh, guys who know each other, doing a lot of stuff, furious pace, lots of moves happening, flippies, jumpies, high impact stuff. Um, and private Party gets the win, which I did not expect. I predicted uh, Santana Ortiz would win this.
1: Yeah, now, of course, there was a little bit of you know Matt Hardy's bullshit in this too, but uh, this, but you know what, it really wasn't uh omnipresent the thing that that distracted me unfortunately from most of the match was jericho uh they were running this promotion through the show of uh, you know send this hashtag to the aew uh, twitter account and you could get a prize pack including a zoom meeting and at some point jericho went on this tangent about zoom the old pbs show and then fucks up and gets it confused with The Electric Company by saying that Zoom had Morgan Freeman in it, which it did not. The Electric Company had Morgan Freeman in it.
2: Yeah, so, he definitely... I mean, I uh, that's uh, not something I'm super familiar with, but he, listening to Jericho yell about it was fun for me. Um, if
1: you've never seen The Electric Company, hunt down old episodes of The Electric Company because not only do you get Morgan Freeman as Easy Reader, not only do you get Rita Moreno, not only do you get Irene Cara... Uh, in an old role but you also get spider-man wow oh yeah
2: wow that's what a lineup
1: oh yeah what a lineup and uh bill cosby too but uh oh great we don't we don't talk about that so uh i'm gonna say that uh the the oh why not what happened there i'm gonna say that the uh the the gin and juice that ended the match was uh, looked fantastic yes
2: Mm-hmm. Whole match. I mean, I thought the match was really clean. I think there's, you know, a, a a team like Private Party, and especially early on in their run, you know, you're trying to get all your shit in. You don't have a lot of time. There's nerves. There's you're know, not wrestling on TV as much. So you're making those adjustments. And, you know, while they were like doing a lot of really great stuff, not always the cleanest in execution, but they're really cleaning a lot of that up as they get better on TV. And uh hell of a match.
0: Really yeah. great match. Pretty fun stuff all around the team. The two teams are somewhat natural foils to one another too with just the care the characteristics and everything else and play it played off well and i think matt hardy staying in a managerial kind of role with the rare six man eight man or even tag appearance now and then is a good role for him at this point given his age and obviously you know physical issues as well as you know rampant abuse of substances that he's done in his particular lifetime as well too jeff isn't the only one that at this point.
2: <laughs> i i agree chris i think this is good use for him and you know i love Matt hardy i love and gives him time to do character work and Matt hardy is a madman and tries different things and is willing to be adventurous and do different things with his character does it always work no but it's fun and uh that's cool with me
1: uh post match we get a uh, a a brouhaha between uh chris jericho and orange cassidy and a oh, uh, really
2: good dust up there too that was a lot of fun yeah. and with that, uh, orange cassidy employing a method that i strongly approve of uh getting people super mad and then just walking away like nothing
0: happened yep that was the best part for me because jericho was being held back by at least a dozen people at that point once he stormed out of the commentary table it was just uh Sugar Sugar Dunkerton and some other guy with Cassidy as he just casually and Cassidy was
2: just laughing with his hands in his pockets, like <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It's almost like uh, uh, making a, a, a joke online about banging someone's wife and then them throwing a huge tangent on you, but you didn't read it because you logged off Twitter. I wouldn't know anything about that though.
1: Yeah, uh, that sounds like some inside baseball. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. We come back and we have a promo with Dasha Gonzalez interviewing, uh, Kenny Omega and Adam page and Adam page and don't look too thrilled with his partner at the end of it.
2: Not exactly. Uh, it's almost like these guys don't get along perfectly.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, 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 mean, I wish to quit going to the well with this, but we're, we're going to discuss this. Uh, we're going to discuss, uh, that here in, in a few short minutes. Um, during this time they officially announced that um John Moxley versus Brian Cage is now off of Fighter Fest because you know WWE infected his wife and uh you know so there we go um they're moving it to the 15th of July which is now the Fight for the Fallen event uh so, okay. So, I guess there's going to be some uh, charity fundraising going on during this show, which is fine. Uh, this
2: I, is yeah. the second thing. They did this last year, too, that yeah, was they for did. to benefit victims of gun violence in Jacksonville. Good cause. Um, good stuff. They don't do troop shows. So, at least their benefit shows are not like troop shows. That's cool. Yeah. A little yeah, bit different. I'm
0: good with that. So, and this one being COVID 19 related as well, too. I'm like, all right. Uh, oh, that's good. I didn't I did not know that's that something. that's
1: good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they mentioned that over the on the air um when they were talking about it. So now uh yeah, John Moxley versus Brian Cage. I I hope the match happens. Um so far, you know, Mox is is apparently, you know, getting tested uh regularly and um you know, continuing to to, to, to isolate and, and all so, that. And, and once again, and we hope I, Renee Young gets better, too.
2: Yes, all the best to Renee Young. This is and this is, here's something that AEW does well and does right. Not only do they acknowledge the pandemic, they decided to use this in the storyline to give Taz and Cage some heel heat. And I thought it worked perfectly. Oh this is God. God. If you're That's... going to use this, if you're going to do this, this is the way to do it right.
1: But I mean, the the way he said it, though, is that he it, when he also fucking buries WWE, like, by so, yeah. calling them a sloppy shop.
2: Yep. Oh he, my he, he rips on WWE, but he still basically says, Mox, you're a coward because you tested negative. So, you know, screw the safety, get your ass over here and fight like which is heel shit. So it's like, it, it's perfect. Oh, no, it, it was absolutely
1: beautiful. But, I mean, let's face it, it, it was the, the, the sloppy shop line is the oh, one yeah. that we're going to take line. away. We're, we're, we are going to take away from this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm still not sure who or what lit this fire under Taz this year, but just it's been... Delivery on content ever since they yeah. brought him on to do commentary on AW Dark with Excalibur. I don't know it's if it's, I, I
2: think maybe we're just seeing more experienced, uh, uh stronger Taz with, you know, the last time we were seeing him really on commentary, he was a bit just engaged It was impact. He wasn't getting regular paychecks. People weren't showing up to work on time. Uh, and he was a lot. He was pretty disengaged. And then before that's WWE, and you know, n- it's never fun to work at WWE. Everyone fucking hates working there. And then since then, he's been you know podcasting and doing radio and doing all kinds of other stuff and gaining a lot more seasoning and experience. You get him here to AEW and now. He's working creatively with people he likes and seems to enjoy working with. That plus the experience, I think we're seeing a whole different side of this guy.
1: Well, plus he's yeah. actually getting to cut promos like yes. you know in a way he he hadn't been able to since ECW you know
2: yeah and he's got a he's got a uh, character that works well with his style of promo he's like uh, cage is the right guy for him uh, uh that's inspired uh, uh pairing right there and then his uh, work on commentary he's been great on AEW Dark with Excalibur really good they are they are mm-hmm. a fun team uh he's been really strong on commentary they offer good analysis but they have a lot of fun too
1: all right and with that we move to our main event of the evening for the AEW World Tag Team Championships uh Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus uh, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. Uh, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta showing up with a minivan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my best. best part of the night. This is the moment of the night. It's so good. Oh they my get God. dropped off by Sue. By, 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 by Sue Beretta.
1: We think. Uh, Loretta,
2: Trent's mom comes, drops off our our good boys and best friends off to the wrestling match. She says, "Have a good match." She gives her son a kiss on the cheek and sends him off to wrestling.
1: Oh my goodness, uh, Chris! I know you had
2: some feelings about this too.
0: Uh, uh, I'm just, I love, I love Greg and Dustin so fucking much.
2: <laughs> just bless these boys, really bless, bless them. Bless
0: these, bless these boys. Just, b- between literally taking the lumberjack thing last week super seriously and looking (laughs) good at it. Well, in the meantime, brilliant, brilliant. Just, you can tell they're having fun doing this sort of stuff and just, so, so, so good. I don't know if you
2: guys saw the vignette that they've been running uh, for, the, like, to hype this up. They've been, like, running this Best Friends versus uh, Omega and Paige vignette with, it's like a rap, it's like a rap with, uh, you get Omega and Paige talking about it, you get the Best Friends talking about it, you get JR kind of interspersing commentary about them throughout it. Yeah, I
1: think they played that last week, I think.
2: It's mm-hmm. so much fun. There's some really good stuff in there from the Best Friends. Like, at one point, they flex by saying that they've been all over the world and never won a tag team title anywhere. Uh, <laughs> they uh, at one at one point uh, they say that they hug because it makes them stronger, um, and at one point Trent says we're gonna fuck these boys up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Didn't Greg yeah, yeah, come through and just and, and again and even on Twitter too? Like Chad Taylor literally saying I'm gonna play Last of Us until like 4 a.m. the morning before the show, and that's how I prepare for a i match tomorrow live on TNT. Oh my it's
1: channel goodness. 17
0: when I was a kid, but I guess channels aren't a thing anymore. Okay, bye. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and didn't uh, didn't uh, Excalibur at one point uh, re- make an old uh, PWG reference to him? Yep,
2: band of yes. low moral fiber. And Shivani even came in, and was like, "I know plenty of them." <laughs> it's like it is the wrestling business. It is the
1: wrestling business. <laughs> As we've learned, you sure do, Tony. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so, uh, Chris, the match. What did you think?
0: Uh, I thought it was fun. Again, it was long overdue for the best friends to have this sort of a showcase on a main event with you know tag team titles on the line uh, i thought they still played the dynamics well with kenny and Paige still not being a hundred percent on the exact same uh wavelength uh, the way that most tag teams are so playing a hand into that as well doing the uh separate finishes as well too at certain points the awful waffle still being protected which is nice uh strong zero being protected on top of it too with that it being d- broken up rather than kicked out of which is fun like especially yeah, for a Yeah, and they, they even made so sure like, on
2: commentary it. they hammered that home excalibur made sure to say you notice that Paige did not kick out
0: mm-hmm, exactly and then even uh trent showing some of that feigned toughness that he's been showing even during like some of the odd singles matches that he's had there by kicking out of deadeye which I don't think yes. anybody against AW outside of Jericho may have done up Can until this. Can I say something point? about the Dead Eye? Um, yeah,
2: I don't think it looks any good. I think it's bad. I think it's a bad move. I don't it's think it's okay. It, there's no way to take it without Larry it. Like, there's better. no way to safely yeah. take it without it looking just way totally fake, where nobody touches. Yeah. anything. There's no contact mm-hmm. made with anything, and there's no way for me to believe that like you got, you took any damage from it. You know well, what I a, mean?
0: It's a fair assessment, definitely, with the setup and the like. So it would, it, it
2: requires would... camera work in order to be like a sellable move. Like it has to either be done on a tape show or like you have to make sure you take to the right camera. Otherwise, it's just done.
0: Yeah, because and at the very least too, like page has a much better alternative with Buckshot Lariat. And being the Buckshot the Lariat
2: thing. rocks. Yeah, great move. Um, yeah, I mean, I
1: remember when that move was right of passage and it. it yeah, you're right. It never really looked that good. Um, yeah, because you
2: have to. I mean, yeah, the person taking it has to tilt their head to the side, like underneath the guy's knee, in order to be safe. Yeah, and you can just see it. Like, there's. I mean, I get that you have to be safe. So if there's no way to take it safely without it looking fake, just do a different move. That's yeah. just me. Like, I'm I'm just picking nits here. I love this match. Let me just make sure I I'm, sure I'm clear yeah. about that.
0: It was a great main event. 100%. But then again,
2: it was the Buckshot Lariat uh, from Paige
1: that gets the uh, that gets the win. And um, yes. Omega, Omega and Page retained the AEW World Tag Team Championship. I thought that was a bad move. I thought for sure that they were going to put Best Friends over on this
2: show. I'm o- I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm okay with the finish. And I will say, it, they had me convinced a couple times. There was a couple times where I was like, "Oh wait, this is like." There was a couple of those pins towards the end yeah. that Trent had that I really thought maybe this is the one. They really did a great yeah. job with that. And like to your point, Chris, I, you, they, you're right. The Best Friends definitely overdo. I'm getting this opportunity, but I'm very glad that it was these two guys they were wrestling against because mm-hmm. uh, just perfect foils for them, especially with like the midst of what they're going through right now with like personal dissent. It really played into this match uh, well against a team like the best friends. Uh, yeah. I just thought it, I thought all of that worked and uh, jacked Kenneth Omega. I don't know if we're ready for this. Kenny's uh... getting Kenny's getting swole, man.
0: Um, he's I, starting I, to get back into that shape like around Kenny the time gets, that he was doing like, the, the Okada This is the I think just sure. that I've
2: ever seen I think this is the most beefy Kenny that I've seen and like yeah. that's, a, that, that's a pretty uh, dangerous prospect man like,
0: I like, want to point out one quick thing okay. though that I thought was interesting is just the fact that again it was Hangman going solo on this and picking yes. up the one too just to add on to the whole right. issues if you well, well, like he, he's the glue holding the team at this point like well, he even called the tag titles his titles when talking about it in the promo as well.
1: Right, but I mean, at the same time too, um, you know, the the announcers kept, uh, well, you know, Adam Page and and Kenny Omega are more known for, you know, for their singles where you know, Kenny Omega has, you know, six and seven star matches. Uh, Yeah, Kenny Omega first broke out as a Tag team with Koda Ibushi last week. Yeah, we really gonna not talk about today.
2: Golden Lovers here. Like,
0: yeah, you know, like, I not know.
2: talking about Golden Lovers. Feel although I feel like they're intentionally not talking about Coda, and I think the whole point right now is to like avoid talking about Koda like the plague until they actually get Coda because they know they're gonna get Koda one day.
1: Well, uh, yeah, the last time they mentioned Coda, it was that awful uh, Undertale.
2: Video you thought the Undertale Halloween. thing was bad, did you? I thought it was fucking okay. horrible. So I never played Undertale, but I just think shit like that's fun because I'm a nerd. Well, so.
1: I, okay, yeah, that that part's fine. It's the, it, it was the burial of New Japan that was the.
2: Okay, yeah, I mean, I guess, but you know, it's wrestling. It, so. it, it was the
1: it was the, the 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 unprompted burial of New Japan that that pissed us off.
2: Yeah, it's kayfabe, right? I don't know. Is it? I think that's the point, though. I think <laughs> the idea is to like. Yeah, because I think that this is the long game. I think the idea is to make it look that way on camera. Like you don't mention you're you be contentious with anything related to Coda or anything with Kenny's relationship to New Japan or Coda. So when it happens, it's all that much more compelling.
1: Yeah, but that's bullshit because they've mentioned Kazusko Okada on
2: AEW programming. But Okada programs. is not Koda. I'm talking but <laughs> I'm specifically Coda. I think only Coda is the one like you don't mention Coda at all. You don't talk about Coda at all. You avoid Coda. You let it be that like tension, that elephant in the room. I think it has to Kenny's character. Cause I think we all know about it, right? Like all the rest like we know about Coda. We know about what Kenny's and we know whenever Kenny's doing some like having a bad time or a downtime. Pretty much every wrestling fan who's like a fan of Kenny Omega's is gonna be like, Oh, well, that's because he doesn't have coda. I don't know, Chris. Do you have any thoughts here? <laughs>
0: Well, it is what it is at this point. I think that uh, in these circumstances, it's a bridge that is not going to get explored for a while at this yeah, point. And their okay. only legitimate link to New Japan at this point is the fact that John Moxley still carrying the United States Heavyweight IWGP Championship, which yeah. I wonder how that's going to work out in the coming months with COVID still being a thing, travel being limited, et cetera, et cetera. I so. mean,
2: the ideal thing is, you you know, they work this thing out and they have Moxley drop it to somebody at an AEW show. That's the way you do it. But.
0: Either either that or try to get them to work the Lions Break shows that are apparently going to be a thing in New Japan going forward uh, at their dojo in Los Angeles. But ah. we're not ready to have that conversation yet, I guess. No, and, and especially not it as track.
2: it relates to Jon Moxley.
0: Yeah. Nope. Absolutely. Well. No, no. That can wait. Yeah, well, don't yes. forget,
2: I mean,
1: don't forget, Jericho was the one who was breaking character in his Wrestle Kingdom uh, press conference saying, you know, the, the, there's no reason for the, there, there's really no reason for the forbidden door to be forbidden, too, so, yeah. you know.
2: And and good for him for saying that, and good for any wrestler that says that and breaks those barriers down, because keeping these uh, stuff separate is anti-labor, too, like, the, it's, all
0: that stuff's connected.
2: Uh, yeah. These guys should be able to, I guess to be, if they're going to be 1099 and they're going to be independent contractors, they be able to work whatever the fuck they want.
0: This is true. I do agree with that. It, although, let's just go back to the match itself, because in the aftermath of it, there were some interesting things that happened with uh, our good friends in FTR. They the sure were.
2: Yeah, we didn't even mention that. During the match, uh, FTR came out, and uh, they said, uh, we're going to get some uh, full, tall recliners. That's what FTR stands for. And They got their chairs out <laughs> and a uh, cooler full of beer. Uh <laughs> And uh, they sat back, had a couple of brewskis, and watched the match. But then yep. he jumped in the ring afterwards with said brewskis.
1: I mean, hey, you gotta have the brewskis. And then Kenny Omega poured out his brewski, which uh... he did take
0: one sip, and
2: then he poured the whole thing out, which wasteful.
0: Just wasteful. No, he pret- he pretended to take a sip and then just immediately poured it. Yeah, out because too, like, again, camera, like blatantly showed it because yeah, he doesn't drink, which I respect. So, that's fine. But the boys didn't kindly that.
1: Yeah, since when does Kenny Omega not drink?
0: Yeah, doesn't Kenny Omega drink?
1: Uh, I seem to remember sure, having at least having a Lisa Coors Light or two when he was winning New Japan titles.
2: And wasn't there a whole Being the Elite segment where he got shit-faced?
1: I don't I think
0: know. That was part of, I think that was part of a joke for a segment on it, but... Uh. Uh, at that least sense we, too. It, within the AEW canon, we haven't seen him drink okay, beer. I mean, that's fair. I mean,
2: that, that makes it fair. And they did use it as like a – so he slights FTR by pouring out their beer. And then Paige goes, hey, what the hell, man? Those guys were just giving us a beer. What's the problem, dude? Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, the, then the Young the Bucks roll out uh, in their very cool, awesome, new Christian AF t-shirts. t-shirts.
0: <laughs> Lord, yeah. i mean they i mean they vote like christians that are on the oh, right dear. hand side of the fence and who wear red a lot but you know yeah. that's neither here nor there af yeah.
2: just i think that was the wrong letters they were putting
0: A-F. on yep
2: A-F. and
1: with that oh and let's we forget now uh it will be uh K. O. Megan adam page uh Facing private party next week uh, in in the makeup match since we can't have uh, Mox versus Brian Cage. So
2: that's going to be a hell of a tag match right there. Yeah. Very excited.
1: So Very excited. And with that, we, are, we end part one of AEW Fighter Fest 2020. Uh, we'll do the pros and cons. Chris, you haven't done one of these in a while. Uh, give me pros and cons.
0: I think, just in general, the focus on tag team matches in night mm-hmm. one is a big pro to me, just in the fact that it displayed that that's one of the better divisions that AEW currently has established and putting it un- under a limelight like this uh, and having good matches on top of it, too. Top notch stuff altogether. Uh, big props to. Uh four out of the five matches here tonight, the tag matches, the Sheeta Penelope four matches, especially where they worked their asses off to make that thing work. Uh Jericho on commentary and doing his best Don Cherry impression throughout the course of the night was something else. Uh and it made the 4 men table dynamic actually work compared to previous times where we've seen this dynamic before fail miserably. Um on top of that, I will say the Best Friends entrance specifically gets a huge throw from me just on the fact <laughs> that it's so on-brand for them. Yeah, I ruled.
2: It was so great.
0: It was phenomenal. Um, cons, on the other hand, uh, for me personally, Cody Hager just was the low point of the show altogether, but I also attribute that way more to the matches before and after uh, being as great as they were and the match itself just being... And from a like optimistic standpoint to just not my thing if you're somebody like me who doesn't like either one of those guys. Um, outside of that cons, I would just say, unfortunately, um, Jericho having to leave commentary at the end. Because I think he would have been great in the main event portion of things as well with some of the comments. Adding to more of the Orange Cassidy stuff. Uh, oh yeah, back to pros again real quick. Taz. what, what Again, Taz. Just Taz. Mm-hmm. Taz. Uh, yep, there you go. And then the Cassidy, Jericho, thing. I think this particular night one hit a lot on the pro side of the feds. Good job on them in that regard. And the uh, cons, though, the Fighter Fest budget did look a little bit better than last year's, which is sort of against the spirit of the whole thing. So <laughs> let, let's just chalk that up Production value is too high. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like we're supposed to be poking fun at uh, uh, supposed to be poking fun at the actual fighter fire fest thing not trying to actively well, make I it Well I, I mean the they're team. just
2: literally like keep naming the show after a meme. They don't have to do this. They could call it anything. But now like the meme is like way over and nobody cares anymore but they're just sticking with calling it Fighter Fest.
1: Well no, but because remember too it was also at the CEO fighting game championships originally
2: too. Right. So that's why yeah, they yeah. called it that. So Yeah, know, so they now they, they they don't have to do that anymore but they're just like oh fuck it we're just going to do it. <laughs>
0: Also, another pro, Chuck Taylor, who, in the aftermath of this uh, unfortunate loss that they had, literally just now tweeted, Ah, damn, we blew it. Anyway, hashtag Sue. <laughs> oh,
2: yes. my God. Absolutely, <laughs> yes.
0: oh. I love
2: this boys so much. Pros and cons, I think, yeah. Uh, I think Chris hit a lot of it. Chris Jericho, Taz's promo, uh... uh i loved i liked every match uh cody and hager was fine for me Yeah, i would say if i had to pick a low point it was like the least strong of all of the matches uh but yeah i thought the sheeta penelope ford match was a big highlight and seeing penelope ford get like a like i guess a rub if you will get some shine to kind of raise her profile uh, as she goes forward was really great for me uh Jurassic Express is always good. Uh, I think the matches had some really interesting finishes that move, are going to uh, move along storylines. Uh, I thought there was some really good storytelling throughout a lot of these matches. A lot of focus on that, which was really good. Cons: Jim Ross's racism. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, a lot of high points though, and uh, lack of Sunny Kiss. So I got I got to see Sunny Chris on the screen, but give me a Sunny Kiss match. That's my con.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, I actually, I, I have really have nothing to add to that. Uh, Taz and Jericho on the talking side were, were, were tip-top. Uh, four out of the five matches were were, were great. In fact, uh, the first two were absolutely phenomenal, I thought. Oh, and
2: also um, Kip Sabian getting hit in the face with a kendo stick. Let me take that as a pro.
1: Yeah, Kip, Kip Sabian getting getting hit in the face is always going to pop Yeah, Kip Sabian
2: inter-space. getting beat up will never not be fun. It will always be a good time. But, uh, automatic pop
1: yeah that seems to be his, his purpose now is to just get hit in the face so
2: you know what if that's if that's you know helping pay the bills at the uh the sabian ford cute puppy household i don't know what the puppy's name is but they have a cute dog too uh that's cool keep it keep it up man <laughs>
1: okay and with that, uh, night two next week around this time, uh, here, here's a lineup that we have, uh, so far we have, uh, now added, uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus private party for the AEW world tag team titles and an yeah. eight an man tag match, uh, FTR and the young Bucks against <clears throat> the butcher, the blade, uh, and, uh. Ray Phoenix, and one of my top three wrestlers on the planet,
2: Pentagon Jr. You guys, this match is going to fucking rule. I cannot <laughs> wait. It's going to be so good. should be great. Yeah, I'm already getting so excited for that one. It's going to rock.
1: Um, Cole Cabana, Brody Lee, and Stu Grayson against uh, the the assembled SoCal Uncensored, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, uh, but, Lance, Lance Archer versus Joey Janela, Nyla Rose versus To Be Determined. With
0: Nyla it's having an announcement on top of it too, yep. so.
1: And then what? What? Hopefully, please God, is the main event, uh, Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. Oh
2: man, yeah, a, that, I'm very excited to see what they put together because one thing we can know for sure is that they're going to be very prepared for this. Chris Jericho mm-hmm. has thought about this match a lot, and it's going to show.
1: So, all righty. Uh, with that, it, it's plug-in time. Uh, Chris, uh, you haven't been here in a while, so plug
0: yourself in. <laughs> True. Uh, so for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. That's at Brazilian Fury. Brazilian with an S instead of a Z. You can also find my other sou- uh, podcast, which is Soundtracks on the Sticks. Sounds on Sticks on Twitter. You can find the podcast itself under the Night of the Living Geeks network. Uh, and That's over soundcloud.com uh, N-O-T-L-G. Uh, we should have our fourth episode coming up within the next day or two over there. So check it out.
2: Paul. Me. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Thickflare All C's, no K's. Also at Twitch.TV slash ThickFlair. You AEW fans, uh, we got some stuff for you Tuesday nights. We check out AEW Dark and what a series I like to call Into Darkness. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing that. We talk AEW and other wrestling stuff every Wednesday. We watch Lucha Underground on Mondays. I've been doing that. That's a lot of fun. We call it Lucha Underground. And uh, it's a really good time and all kinds of other stuff for the week. Uh, so definitely check me out there. And that's all I got right now.
1: Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in Style on Twitter. My personal Twitter at GD Wessel two S is one L. Um, we did a special pod blast. At, we we did, we did uh, two busing balls last week, uh, a regular episode, and uh, we did a special pod blast because uh, Liverpool uh, became champions for the first time in 30 years, um, and we should have a uh, a, a, a new episode uh, probably this weekend. So. Uh, Check that out either SoundCloud dot com slash Busting Dash Balls or right here on the P W O M podcast anywhere because I refuse to say plom I'm sorry, I just cannot do plum. it.
2: is that that's uh that's the sound that makes when a, a, a scary thing happens in a Christopher Nolan movie. plom
1: Oh yeah, that that, that that low bass rumble. Yeah, yeah, is. yeah. Shout I, out I, Hans Zimmer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that 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 whole thing ruined the the helped, helped to ruin that that second Blade Runner movie. Cause... It
2: did, but it 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 very much helps the Mass Effect series. And as a gamer, I appreciate that. Well, that's
1: fine, but yeah, it, <laughs> it did not fit for Blade Runner. I'm sorry. I, I give give me the Vangelis soundtrack any day of the week and twice on Sundays. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, until then, uh, Fighter Fest Part Two is next week. So, uh, Chris, Paul, any uh, final words? Watch wrestling. Chris?
0: Yeah. Black Lives Matter.
1: Thank you. Hell yeah. Okay. And, uh, okay, we will see you uh, next week, so take care. Bye.